so um Tanya, do you get the Mountain Eagle at yeah, your house? Yeah, I have it. I just picked it up at the dollar store. <laughs> does it still scream? I don't. It, does. it has not screamed in years. It whimpers. It cries. Did you see the story on the front page? <laughs> about the barber? It, not not about the barber, but about the barber's wife. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> the barber's wife made the front page. Oh, my God. I have to hear this. So the Mountain Eagle ran a story, I guess, last week saying that a local barber had defied the quarantine orders and the closed business orders and was cutting hair. This was according to the Wattsburg police chief, who you may know, Tom. Yeah. And the funny thing about that story was that the police chief, he said... Well, we know they're in there cutting hair, but we can never catch them with someone in the chair. <laughs> so it's like the Whitesburg PD has spent more than one day staking out the local barbershop <laughs> trying to catch them with someone in the chair. Literally. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but anyways, when they ran this story, apparently it really pissed off the wife of the barber. <laughs> And so the wife of the barber visited the newspaper office to get a paper and complain that the story was about the shop she and her husband own. I'm interested. This is where this is going. Um, the wife, who was visibly upset, said three people had called to tell her there was a story about it, the shop in the paper. Um, the wife said her husband uh, has owned the shop for 40 years and goes there every day to get his mail and work on the interior of the shop. Uh, blah, 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 blah. But this is the funny part. If anybody has any complaints, they can call me. Don't go behind my back. Basically, she was going there and there to be like, shut the fuck up. If you've got any problems, you can come to me. Keep, <laughs> keep straight to me, bitch. Keep our name out of your motherfucking mouth. <laughs> that is a classic Easter Kentucky defense. Come straight to me. Don't go behind my back. Yeah. Yep. Say it to my face. Well, um, well, welcome back to the show, Tanya. I wish I could say it's good to be back. <laughs> Tanya, does nobody back? know the trouble you've seen? <laughs> no, no, certainly not. You don't, you don't want, you don't like the return to routine and normalcy and listening to your two best neurotic friends um, melting down? I have, uh... I guess it's probably still close, but uh, I'm coming after y'all for most neurotic friend. Might be me. <laughs> you, look like, you, you look I'm like you might have had a, a great fright. You know how like some people get a fright and they'll get a, like a white streak in their hair? <laughs> Do I have a white streak? <laughs> <laughs> you ain't just... got that yet, but you, you've got the sort of catatonic pose going. Yeah, I'm not well, that's for sure. I'm in survival mode. Well, let's treat this like this is... How do we get you from survival mode to beast mode? <laughs> well, honestly, I had no interest in being on the podcast until yesterday morning. And so uh, the content has drawn me back in, truly. 
As it always does. As it always does. It's kind of like those Pepe Le Pew cartoons when he's got the suit wafting out the window and then you just smell it and you just float right up to the window. (laughs) Yeah, this is truly that number four seam and it's got to be mined. Oh, wow. good shit. Well, do you want to tell us real quick, though? I mean, because, like, look, um, we had a sort of catastrophic natural disaster in the middle of a pandemic here and <laughs> it received it's just fucking just <laughs> cosmically hilarious it's uh, it received precisely zero media coverage so let's do a little bit coming. of let's do a bit of media uh cosplay here on the tribulies let's pretend <laughs> i'm i'm dan Jennings. i'm uh what's the name of that um christian amanpour no, what's the name of that reporter? Todd Tom Stoddard. Look, pretend I'm Tom Stoddard. Okay, I um, gotta say something. There's no reporter named Tom Stoddard. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, nope. I've drank myself stupid. Can't remember his real name. Who you mean to say? But okay, you're Tom Stoddard. Yes, I'm. I'm Tom Stoddard. You're listening to KVX News. Um. Ma'am, tell us about your experience. Are you a real authentic person? <laughs> Did you experience a power outage? Did you experience real authentic hardship? <laughs> really, though, like well, Tom, what happened? Then Tom, what, you want to talk? Do you want to talk about it? What happened? Um. Well, I mean, I think about a million people were without power across the South last week. Isn't that right? A lot of people, yes. In eastern Kentucky, about it was about seventy five thousand. Seventy some thousand here, but across the south that storm hit a lot of places last Easter. I mean last Sunday, so Easter Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. A really bad storm hit and On uh, the day Jesus rose from the, the Jesus grave. Jesus was born. <laughs> Jesus is not happy with us. I think that's probably pretty takeaway uh, <laughs> i guess the bare minimum we can learn here um but the day before that i had to bury my cat trigger warning cat mom in really bad shape so there was like two straight days of crying and whining about that and then we had no water to wash our faces <laughs> or our asses or baptize people in. Yeah. So, so you guys were like the, those um, people in those like commercials or media coverages from the 1960s where they would cover people like uh, with coal smudge faces eating dirt. Yeah, we, we really truly were eating dirty food, trying to eat what was in our fridge, grilling it outside. The first day wasn't that bad. We didn't really take it seriously because we figured they... We put, obviously, too much trust into a monopoly, uh, a power monopoly here who has no reason to act swiftly <laughs> on anything. And and uh, probably, um, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, we were grilling out. But then that night it got very cold. So every single night that we didn't have electricity, it was in the 30s. And it would only get up to about in the 50s during the day, so we could not get the house warm. Michella is out here like a butch princess, uh, queer fucking porn stream, chopping wood 
every day, all day long. Um, Hell yeah. But still, we could not keep it warm enough in the house. So many crazy, every day, so many crazy things happened. Some of the highlights is that I I had to, so I went to a bunch of stores trying to find hand sanitizer because I didn't, I wasn't hoarding hand sanitizer, even though we were in a pandemic, because I wasn't leaving the house, so I was just washing my goddamn hands. Yeah. Then when I lost water... We needed hand sanitizer, and no store had it. There was none anywhere. So I had to start making hand sanitizer out of Everclear. That was rough. And <laughs> <laughs> and essential oils. Yep. But I figured out a good ratio, good recipe. If you want it, I'll share it. Okay. Um, is it then, UNICEF and WHO approved? Because I don't, I don't use it if it's not. Yeah, it is. I'd make we sure. don't trust WHO anymore, remember? I don't know if we should trust UNICEF anymore either, bro. The Who uh, recommends 70% alcohol, so. The band, Peter Townsend? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like how you said Peter Townsend. (laughs) Peter Townsend. (laughs) Step Pete, Peter Townsend. (laughs) His father. Um, Uh, But then I traded some hand sanitizer to my neighbor for some weed. So that was really pretty awesome. Classic bartering scenario. We're going back. We're bringing back the old professions. And by by bringing them back, we're also bringing back the old monetary transaction forms. Bartering, baby. Yeah, she's bartering and uh, sex for food. Tanya, I think I'm becoming an anarcho-communist. (laughs) <laughs> you should be i think that's probably I, the route we need to go i think i i think that i am um and i think that uh this is just a label somebody slapped on me he makes you know, he like, makes one mask and you can't <laughs> <laughs> well last like our mask he was, he was raked oh, over the coals last week for some controversial statements he's made this is his overture to the community <laughs> oh god what'd you do that's not the reason why. That's not the reason why. I'm off the I'm off the pod one week, and you get us buried. Is that what happened? No, it, it was, that was a, a big com- misunderstanding. It was a big misunderstanding. That's or, what they or, all actually. Said. I I'm not going to say any more about it. Um, but the reason I'm not an anarcho communist, the reason why I'm an anarcho communist now, is that um, look. Uh, what's our entry point into national politics anymore Uh, truly no you're right you're not bernie is asking me to reroute my sustaining gift i think i was giving him 12 dollars a week or something i don't even know not much he's wanting me to reroute that to other electoral (laughs) campaigns god damn it bernie (laughs) i mean did you guys see what cuomo's trying to do um in new york to get him off the ballot to get to get bernie off the ballot in New York, yeah. Oh Still? Oh, my God. You know, really? they, were supposed to ru- they were supposed to rule on that today. Um, I haven't seen anything about it. Um, let me see. Bro, nobody Como, fucking cares anymore. I'm sorry. Como doesn't have anything else to do right now. It He's does, not busy. It does, it does matter. It does matter a lot um, because he can accrue delegates. And they are not only, uh, they're not only committed to breeding Bernie. They are one. They want it to look like it was not even close. Well, not just that. Not just that. They don't want any binding resolutions to Medicare for all. They don't even want to fucking risk it that Medicare for all might be on the platform. Oh, okay, I see. 
You know, because if there's if he has delegates, then they can fight for the platform. Right, right. They don't want anything like that. They are co fully committed to the strategy of chasing the conservative suburban mon wine moms who don't like Trump. That's their strategy now. And honestly, Bernie's an idiot for going along with it because he doesn't realize <laughs> that they're fucking getting ready to steamroll him. But maybe he's not. I don't know. Maybe he's got some like ninth dimensional chess thing where he's like, Biden's going to die. And then I can swoop in. Maybe that happens too. I have no idea. But or maybe Biden names him VP. Then at his inauguration, Bernie pulls a pistol out and just domes Biden right while he's <laughs> fucking taking the oath, and, and then just finishes the oath for him. <laughs> oh fuck! How That'd be they, wild as shit. Do you think they are? No matter what, they will have an in-person convention. <laughs> No matter what. No. Oh, shit. Tanya, what is this you just sent us? <clears throat> A screenshot from the website that I had. Oh, my had to get back God. On. Can we say it on air? Is that what you texted us to? I assume so. I don't know. Is there a gag order? <laughs> Biden's is there a gag order on bad news? There should be. <laughs> Biden's policy advisor turned into an environmentalist in Whitesburg, Kentucky. Oh, uh, I know her. <clears throat> she was a she was a rural strategies intern before I was. Oh Remember? shit! I do. What the fuck? We didn't indoctrinate them well enough. Well, she climbed the ladder fast, and she's back. So to I remember practice. she got a job. With, she just got a. She got a job with Biden. Yeah. After. Alright, yeah, I think a couple of years after internship or something. Anyway. Um Well anyways, I mean what what do you, how do you plug into national politics now? You know, I don't know how you do it, like I don't know, especially considering uh, I mean, obviously, uh I've just come unglued here, but I just don't even think we have physical infrastructure to hold up against climate our current climate situation <laughs> so it's just I just feel like I'm I just at this point feel like I'm never going to get out of survival mode you know what I mean I just cannot help but just not like feel so unprepared well I gotta tell you my friend it's probably a good instinct because we're going to be in survival mode. Here, I mean, it's just like anything else. You have to stay in survival mode for a while until you can get to beast mode. Well, I'm in and survival mode. And then when that happens. I mean, I'm ready to fill up the bathtubs every time there is a storm warning so that I at least have a backup, some fucking water that I can use. Yeah. It's just not, it's not good. Situation's not good. I don't, you just don't rely on these fucks. Here's the thing, though. Me and Tom talked a lot about this on the last Patreon app, which we definitely should have released to the public instead of that last episode, which was dog shit, apparently. Um, we, we have all the tools necessary at our local level to perhaps dig in and just, uh, you know, uh, maybe try to institute some sort of... Um, wealth redistribution or egalitarian type commune 
at the purely local level. We may not have any other choice. We might need to do city states again. <laughs> somebody, somebody had commented on it on the comments, and it's like, it's called municipalism, you dumbasses. And Mike Bloomberg's been doing this for however long. And I would just want to say to that person, and listen, this is no shade, but. Living in Eastern Kentucky is about like living in Nicaragua in the 80s, okay? That's what nobody understands. It's like living like under fucking Manuel Noriega in Panama or some shit. Not as violent, obviously, but like with the same political dynamics. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you don't haven't lived there, don't speak on it. <laughs> That's all I want to say. I mean, I re- I, I, I'm with you because I feel like... If we're let let's dabble in anarcho commie here, I feel like there's a lot we can figure out on local levels around infrastructure and like meeting needs and supply chains and shit. What I do not know how to figure out without the fucking feds is redistribution of digital wealth. <laughs> what are we supposed to do with that? Well, Fortunately, we have one big fish we can shake down there. His name's Don Childers. <laughs> and shake he will. <laughs> we take all of his assets, liquidate them, give them to the people, a la Chavez with the oil in Venezuela, and we're off to the races, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine imagine the bargaining power we could have with um, several million new dollars in assets and property value. Um our credit score would go up. We could start taking out loans, uh, making investments. Now, apparent, of course, this all depends on if there's still a stock market in the apocalyptic future, which there probably won't be. But it's <laughs> called it what it is. It's hanging on by a thread right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the oil's back up today, and everybody's shouting joy for it. But here's the thing: it's you know how like. You know, we said one time that you really can't bargain with the ocean at a certain point. Yeah. At a certain point, you just have too much oil sitting around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, we could throw some cash into it, give it a shot in the arm, but uh, you got to consider production and all that kind of stuff. And that's just, this is only a flash in the pan. It's just, uh, it's just not going to be good mm-hmm. very long. Well... I'm the not oil. going anywhere. I ain't driving nowhere, and I ain't flying nowhere. And I think there's probably a lot of people with me at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, so, like, the oil for American, like, the price for American oil traded on the West Texas Intermediary, whatever the <laughs> fuck it is, WTI. <laughs> That's the thing that went through the floor this week. It was trading at around negative $40. Love that. Wait, does that mean negative $40? Hold on. So let me compare that to yard sale prices here, (laughs) which is what I'm familiar with. Does that mean that uh, you have to pay me $40? Or I have to pay you $40 to even get it off my property? (laughs) It means basically they were paying about 3 bucks for you to come take a barrel of oil. (laughs) yeah so if you owned a refinery yesterday or this week was a really great week probably people were just paying you to take their oil it's partially because there's a glut there's oversupply and low demand but also apparently there's storage concerns like at the big 
North American Storage Hub in Cushing, Oklahoma. So, so while I shivered in my own filth, <laughs> and, my, <laughs> and, and my neighbor ran her oxygen off a truck battery, somebody, somebody God damn it. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Oh, yep. Okay. Okay. But check this That's out. That's fine. That's fine. But then, okay, so WTI is one is the is like how you gauge the prices of oil in North America. WTI. But then there's Brent. There's Brent crude oil. Brent crude is like the international marker. It started to it started to go down yesterday. But 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 check this out. Trump swings in to save it. Oil prices rebounded on Wednesday after Donald Trump stoked Middle East tensions, saying that he had ordered U.S. warships to shoot down and destroy Iranian vessels if they posed a threat. What? The prospect of renewed tensions in the Middle East gave crude a lift during a week where prices had struggled to contend with an evaporation of demand triggered by the coronavirus. How much more proof do people need that the only thing keeping the system afloat is blood? There is a literal wood chipper, and for every one of us that they send through it, someone ching, someone someone is making money. This is unfucking believable. The only ticks the market has seen in the last month is blood. Yeah, no, like blood um, dripping down into the machine. The market (laughs) ticks up. Can I tell y'all something? I don't. I did something kind of dumb yesterday. I, you leave the house, Tom. No, I I had like a uh, I had like two Roth Roth IRA accounts. The one's an old one that I just haven't been putting anything in. The other one is one I've been maxing out. And I was playing around with the old one that I just had some money sitting in there, like a couple yeah. hundred bucks sitting in there from like four or five years ago. And so I bought all these ETFs yesterday that were just oil, like straight oil companies. <laughs> Oh my God. And I had three hundred dollars yesterday, and it's, I, I looked at that Roth IRA. I have a hundred and sixty-two dollars and eighty-five cents today. <laughs> Just Damn. plunged. I don't know how they got oils up. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> Suicide mission. Well, it depends. What What did you trade it on, dude? I don't know. Don't ask. Don't answer that question. I don't know what the fuck any of this yeah, means. I have no idea either. <clears throat> I mean, I've tried to understand. I'm trying my hardest. I finally got, I, I use two different banks and my credit union, which I've tried to move to, but they're so fucking stupid. I literally cannot. I've tried, I've made every effort to move all of my accounts, <laughs> my many, many empty accounts to the credit to union, what? to my credit union. But they just like, they kept telling me they were putting uh ATM over here and they never did. Anyway, whatever. I finally got my um, internet banking set up so I can look at it on my phone and try to uh, put my checks in with the camera phone or whatever. And... They, I have an IRA on there. It's empty. It's zero dollars. But I think they created an IRA for me. You think they're hoping I'll just send money over to it or something? Nah, you would have had to open it up. I, you probably I, opened it up for a job or something. You think I just had to have an IRA account at some point? Yeah, if you've got a nice little salary job, you generally have one. They make you open one. Well, I mean, I've got a retirement at Apple Shop, but it's still there. I mean, it, I don't have it. It's still in their big whatever. 
No, you, you'll have it. it. They'll send you a. They'll send you a letter. Um, but this is in my taxes on personal <laughs> credit yeah. union account. I just had like a random empty IRA account. I'm like, what the fuck is this? That's weird. Very weird. I don't know, Tanya. I don't know, T. Banks are... <laughs> okay, when my mammal passed, we had to uh, dig up multiple containers of money in the backyard. And I am about <laughs> there, my friends. <laughs> That's where I'm She's at. Burying cash. <laughs> she did not trust Banks. The woman lived through the fucking depression. She, she saved fucking baloney rides. And I, that is exactly where I'm at right now. I can't throw anything away. I'm a nervous wreck. <laughs> And I'm, gonna make jewelry, you're gonna make jewelry out of baloney rinds and sell it on Etsy. I, I did start an Etsy. I started an Etsy in the past week. I'm gonna start selling moss. I don't care. I don't, I'm 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 on the I'm on the edge. That's for sure. I deleted all my social media apps and downloaded Signal. I'm on the edge. Really, you're not on Twitter anymore. I know. I deleted I deleted the app, but. I um, yesterday, not your account, just the app. Well, yeah, no, not my account. It's just the app, so I can't get on them. So Instagram, I can't get on at all. But then I had to get back on fucking. I just go to Facebook and Twitter in my browser. But oh, I didn't have so to. You... I had to get back on Facebook to find outage information. Literally nowhere else to find outage information but fucking Facebook. <laughs> get That's on fucking the, brutal. Get on the goddamn <laughs> uh, phone tree and call everyone I know. Um, and then I had to get back on Twitter yesterday. Uh, because of the grand content well that spewed up into my face people were texting well, me the content that's how rich it was you want to talk about it you want to <sighs> dig into that content well no now? I want to cut my leg off but you don't want to talk about it we don't no, have to I talk do. about no, it no I do want to talk about it <laughs> 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 want's a strong word but need probably I need to I need this outlet Michelle says this? this occasionally Michelle says this and I think about it now as in like a revolutionary um, a revolutionary tool she says about people occasionally they're gonna fuck around and catch about 20 years worth that ain't even theirs to catch and I think we need to. I think that's the the energy we need to channel right now. Into this story? No, into this fucking current climate. Into what we're dealing with. <laughs> this existence. <laughs> into this new existence. All these motherfuckers who are fucking us right now and have been fucking us for years, but we've had you know enough distractions or whatever to keep us uh, house broken, as Tom says. We need to make sure they all catch however many years we have. 33 for me of misery they need to catch it even if it's not exactly theirs they deserve it <laughs> yeah my sole goal at this point i have everybody should pick a millionaire or billionaire and just ensure that they die in absolute shame and misery yeah I like see. everybody gets assigned one and it's your goal kind of like a guardian angel but opposite to make sure that nothing but calamity befalls them yeah, I sent out a handful of care packages in the mail today to people who've been checking on me and stuff, and I got a lot of uh, messages from listeners and, and Venmos. Thank you all so much for the love. I redistributed that immediately. <laughs> um, but in the, care, the, in the letters I sent, the short letters, all I could come up with was, I hope I see you soon, and I hope it's in Mc Mitch McConnell's ashes. <laughs> I hope we're standing <laughs> in the <laughs> 
Well, speaking of Mitch McConnell, I don't. We actually don't have to go. Wh- where do you want to go from here? You want to go straight into this, uh, straight into the main feature? I guess we we've, we've hit a little, a couple of appetizers. We can hit a few more if you want, and then go into the, uh, the main course. Whatever um, y'all think, we have a very juicy, deeply, deeply diseased segment. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin <laughs> with them, really. Honestly, I don't really know where to begin. Either. Where do you start with these motherfuckers? All right, let's start where everybody started yesterday, huh? Okay. Let's and we'll, we'll we'll work backwards from there, from yesterday. Yeah, let's, let's start where everybody started yesterday. Um you know, um if you're a if you are a um I don't know, like devout Trillbillies listener, you'll recognize the characters at the heart of this story from mm. do, you, do you remember what episode that was even from? Do no. either of you have a... <clears throat> I do remember we recorded it in Tom's apartment. I do remember that, too. One of the last ones we did. Back in the old world when we were together. If I had to guess, it was probably... Let me see. Give me the bleach, boys, and bleach my hole. I mean, I could go back and look. It was this year. It was this season. It was? It was? Like, yeah, it was like a couple months ago. Because it was, it was right... It, okay, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what it was. It was the episode after Valentine's Day. Okay. Because this happened right after Valentine's Day. All right. It was probably um, the episode that's The Promise Zone, maybe? Could no, that's, that wasn't it. No, I remember recording that one. Was it Devil's Milkshake? I believe it was the Devil's Milkshake episode. Might have been Devil's Milkshake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounds right. It's a classic. Yeah, one thirty four episode one thirty four. So okay, if you if you want to really keep up with this episode, you go go back and listen to episode one thirty four. Deeply, um, deeply diseased character. If you really want to track the record, and go back and listen to. Where is the episode where we covered the ARC? Um, it's called No One Agency Should Have All That Power, but I can't find it at the moment. Episode 112. That would be a good one to cover for this, too, because these two characters are very much in the world we're about to describe. Okay, so let's start where everybody started yesterday. Yesterday... Uh, Actually, this was yeah. This I'll, was yesterday. Tuesday. I'll tell you what happened. Um, I woke up because my fucking phone. I sleep however goddamn long I want to because the sun comes up and the sun goes down, but it don't give a shit what I do anymore. And you neither. <laughs> but I woke up because my fucking phone was vibrating because people were texting me because that's the only notification I get on my phone is text messages. I can't handle any other buzzing. You got to call or text me to get a buzz on my phone. And so I reached up and grabbed it. Pulled it down, and God help me, it's NPR links. And I have never been more furious <laughs> in my fucking life no! that people had messaged me links to NPR. Just when you thought you got out from under that thumb. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, people. My God. <laughs> it doesn't get more dystopic than that. I just really don't know. The only thing worse than waking up next to somebody you really didn't want to wake up next to <laughs> is waking up to a bunch of NPR links. Literally. <laughs> um So yesterday this was the this was the hot story um burning up all the airwaves in the the TLs. 
Um, on NPR, bitter taste for coffee shop owner as new $600 jobless benefit drove her to close. These people make so much money to write this shit. So, so much money. <laughs> so there's a few things that we're going to get into that are wrong with this story. But let me just go ahead and, and you know, go through some of the uh, some of the basics. $600 per week. That's what the federal government is now offering to people who've lost their jobs because of the coronavirus. For many workers and employers, that money is a godsend, a way to keep food on the table while also cutting payroll costs. But the extra money can create some awkward situations. Some businesses that want to keep their doors open say it's hard to do so when employees can make more money by staying home. Some businesses want their employees dead. They want to put them in harm's way. They want them to suffer. <laughs> it makes it awkward. It really does. It makes it awkward. It makes it awkward. Okay. We basically have this situation where it would be a logical choice for a lot of people to be unemployed, said Sky Marietta, who opened a coffee shop along with her husband, Jeff, last year in Harlan, Kentucky. You like, mean G-off. <laughs> <laughs> he is G-off. I've not been so I've been watching Justified lately and um and the Harlan Kentucky they construct in that show is kind of a mythical place. It's not really Harlan in some ways, but in some ways it is. Yeah, it's 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 sort of like an amalgam of like seventies and sixties Harlan mixed with like hazard around the early two thousands. <laughs> Mixed with nowhere I've ever seen before, but yeah, it's but it yeah it does better than some. Well, what what was it? A year or two ago, they filmed a movie. They filmed something in Har in downtown Harlem because it looked like somewhere else in the sixties. <laughs> oh yeah, I think that was the movie with um, what's her name from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I've just been thinking about like Boyd Crowder coming across a coffee shop like this. Or a yoga studio like this. Like, come on, Raylan. Come on, Raylan. <laughs> come on, Raylan. We got to get in on this. <laughs> Raylan, these green jobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're brewing. They're brewing in the coffee shop. Raylan, it used to be running oxy up from Florida. And now look at it. Raylan, now all we got to just... do. Now all we got to do is take that mine runoff water, flip it around. <laughs> Serve everybody coffee off of it. They won't even question how dirty it is. Yeah. We'll take this mine runoff and we'll turn it into coloring paints and then we're going to write a grant <laughs> from the federal government. We're going to write what's called a grant with the USDA. <laughs> we're going to draw, we're going to paint a possum on the side of this building. <laughs> right, and they're going to give us so much money to provide coffee to the nurses through this crisis. <laughs> Hand over fist. Because well, healthcare workers, they, the least they deserve is fresh, good coffee. <laughs> I, I love this because there's a, there's a unique type of brain disease that small business owners have where they think that their, like, project is altruistic. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they're giving, like, nurses coffee or anything. You no. know what I mean? No, it's like, they're selling it to them. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. Well, in their minds... Okay, well, I guess I'll save that because I, I, let's um, 
Carry on. Their goal, their goal was to provide good coffee, good internet service, and some opportunity in a community that has been starved of all three. Oh my fuck! <laughs> Har- Harlan, Harlan County is notoriously for their demands of of good coffee. <laughs> in their list of in the list of things that they want, coffee's always always at the top. Very top Unbelievable. These people don't deserve this shit. Oh. They don't deserve a land without good coffee. Uh, used to be these oxies we'd run up, Raylan, but we got beans now. We're going to be planting <laughs> coffee beans. Beans, Raylan. Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky proud beans. Kentucky proud beans. <laughs> we got to slap a little sticker on it. People, everybody's going to buy it. <laughs> Kentucky proud coffee beans. We're, we're very committed to helping to transform the downtowns and main streets in eastern Kentucky, Marietta said. When the couple advertised for workers, nearly 100 people applied for just a handful of openings. The shop had been up and running for only a few months when the coronavirus hit. Um, the blah, blah, blah. The number one people that we're serving right now are healthcare workers. I feel like they don't have a lot of options, and they certainly deserve at least some coffee in this, right? <laughs> oh, um, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, but my here's, God. But here's, here's what happened. Here's so what happened. So few options out there. <laughs> Here's what happened in the story, and for this part, I'm going to turn it over to Sky herself, who wrote a blog post about this at her website called Kentucky Moonbow. Oh, please don't plug it. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> Kentucky Moonbow. She already said on Facebook she's like, she's getting hate mail, and we ha- I was like, well, we can't be blamed I- on us. We haven't even touched it yet. <laughs> well, you know, for that reason. It. I was kind of hesitant to do this. I told Tom, I was getting cold feet earlier. I, I was kind of hesitant to do this because they were receiving hate mail. Oh, I'll probably get fired. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, this is everything that's wrong with, it, it's just, continue on. It's just, these people are going to, are. Th- this is the blood machine. They are gonna. They are single-handedly gonna keep sucking our blood, literally. Raylan, Uncle Ted's got honeybees up there thorn. <laughs> <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna make this Appalachian proud honey. We're gonna slap a little sticker on. We're gonna sell it by the truckful. <laughs> they got these things called community farmers markets, Raylan. Farmers market. <laughs> <laughs> We ain't got to run Oxy no more. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, so, so then what, what happened next will surprise you. Th- and so this was, the whole, this was the whole framework of the NPR story. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but the day before in Politico, almost like this shit had been planted or planned, there was an identical story that said the exact same thing. That it's, it's um, that workers can make more money by uh, quitting and filing for unemployment and getting the six hundred dollars a week rather than staying in their shitty eight dollar an hour minimum wage small business job. It, I mean, and, and and I and I don't think that it's a coincidence that these stories appeared at the same time as these protests. In the state capitals, from small business owners ask, you know, demanding to have their small business reopened. Um, another funny thing happened at the same time that me and Tom meant to cover that we did it. 
there was a symbolic small business funeral held in Lubbock, Texas. No way. <laughs> yeah, they did a they did a funeral for small businesses, Tanya. Oh my god. They did. They held. They they did the whole thing. <laughs> they sang hymnals. Uh... The whole thing. They gathered out in the streets and they said, "This is the end." This is the end. <laughs> wow. But all these things appeared at the same time, and their general gist on NPR and Politico, and from this blog post itself from Sky Marietta, which we we can dig into here in a minute. The general gist is literally the Reagan era welfare queen type story of how people are mooching off the system and how the the real workers the essential ones and etc are getting shafted it's the same conservative shit except tom i believe you called it the biggest mask off moment so far in this pandemic and i tend to agree because you know what it reveals how deep the political realignment has truly come in the last few weeks. Right, it is yeah. true. It's like people are really showing themselves. They have had the, to hide a bit, hide look, their I was, libertarian conservative shit. I was to get these grants. Mask off, bitch. Raylan, Raylan, you know if you go to the doctor and they tell you you have diabetes, they'll prescribe you carrots now. <laughs> They're giving them kale for high blood pressure, Raylan. We got to get in on this. Essential oils, homeopathic medicine, Raylan. What I love is that it wasn't just that people are mooching, is what you said. She took it a step further to say that they were hoarding wealth. (laughs) (laughs) The poor people baristas. Tanya, <laughs> even even more preposterous than that, she, not only did she say they were hoarding wealth, she said that that was the reason for the Great Depression. Yeah. Because yeah. poor people were hoarding, hoarding wealth. <laughs> poor people hoarded their wealth. She's, and she literally said, her quote was, did you know that's what caused yeah. the Great Depression? Like, <laughs> That's why we. That's why we lost the Great Depression. It's Did a TED talk. Know? It's a TED talk. She started her TED talk. Did you know? She, I she mean, she's talking s- about my sister. My sister worked part time in a grocery store, and when this popped off, we had to convince her to quit. And now she's on unemployment, <laughs> and staying home with her kids, who she's now a full time fucking teacher for two five year olds. How many people want to be a full time teacher in a trailer to two five year olds? Anybody? Anybody want to line up for that for free? (laughs) Today was one of their birthdays, so I made a cake here and put candle in it and blew up balloons and stuff, and we FaceTimed. It was complete fucking madness in the house today. Even I was so stressed after a 30-minute FaceTime, I needed a bath. (laughs) This is who, this is who she is saying is hoarding wealth to cause another Great Depression. Well, this if is, you do, I mean, in fairness, if you look at that photo of Florence Owens Thompson, you know, she's got Liberace rings on, <laughs> and fine silks, and a Gucci bag, Gucci bag, and her Obama phone. <laughs> Tom, look, this is what she says. 
Did you know it? So I'm quoting from her blog now. So like the, the, the way this story was made fascinates me. Like, I wonder if someone read the blog post and then tipped off an NPR reporter. I mean, there's layers to this because as many people pointed out on Twitter, like to get unemployment, you have to be fired. Like she closed her business. And I guess in Kentucky, that means that you can you can still collect unemployment maybe i don't really know how this works during this yeah she time. like like she clo- she just she didn't like stop her business she just shut her doors temporarily and laid them off i'm sure right which is right. what most people have had to do um because so coffee says, is not an essential you stupid bitch <laughs> coffee and yoga <laughs> is not an essential beans, <laughs> Look, the federal government, they want you to do this. It's crazy. They want you to be doing this stuff, really. It's not even <laughs> legal. <laughs> and th- this is the what's crazy is like, I mean, well, you get into it more before I pull back the camera here. Okay. Continue uh, she says, on. She says, did you know that people hurting money is one of the major causes of deflation and was a driving force of the Great Depression? Oh, God. <laughs> We have created a perfect storm to encourage folks to have unprecedented amounts of money, nowhere but a few low-priced major corporate chains to spend it, and a future uncertain enough to make people want to save up every dime possible. That money is set out, set to run out right at the moment that America will likely be ready to reopen after the major threats of illness abate. Um... <laughs> Uh, there was a part in here she talks about more worrisome. We are already starting to see the outcome of social unrest. <laughs> They're scared. They're getting a little scared. Oh gosh, people have agency. People are scared. I want like I'm, I keep coming back to this sentence. We have created a perfect storm to encourage folks to have unprecedented amounts of money. Like, look, there's only so much money you should have. Unprecedented <laughs> amounts. What? Life is full. You get five hundred a week instead of four twenty, or instead of three twenty-five. Unprecedented amounts of money. Like they never deserved this. Yeah, exactly. We never deserved this money. We should have never had it. We don't know how to spend money to begin with. <laughs> and we're talking about six hundred. We're talking about pennies, fucking pennies. And this whole fucking bailout bill. This was the only thing in a what a trillion? How much fucking money now? How much was the CARES Act? Whatever, uh, however like, many billions of dollars. 130 billion, maybe. The, I heard, I heard, I heard they went through 14 years worth of funds for this kind of thing in just a couple of weeks, <laughs> like what they normally distribute <laughs> in that in uh, unemployment and everything. Yeah, because 22 million. What is it? 25 million now. People are unemployed. Yeah. What's the number? Yeah. 22, I believe. Cut. Yeah, and the only piece of the CARES Act that gave any fuck about any regular working person was this piece. That was it. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it. This is Everything else was give the cruise ships $8 billion. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and she didn't, not a word about any of them, but she went to Harvard. So you want to tell me that she doesn't know what's happening in this, this structural system? Well, look, also, though, look. Um, the only reason they gave people that money is just so that they would spend it on just basic commodities to like sort of prime the pump of the economy, like, like her stupid fucking people, coffee. The, yes, she's just they gave people she's the lowest. Out of this. 
she's pissed she got cut out of it. Exactly. That's exactly right. But that that's the reason they gave these people this money because they needed to maintain some base of, you know, consumerism. Just the most basic sort of uh, strata of consumerism. It wasn't like they did it out of altruism. They basically did it to just, like, keep the system's bare bones running. And you're seeing this now with the way that McConnell is talking about pensions. McConnell is to- Mitch McConnell is totally fine with letting states declare bankruptcy and default on their pensions and all this other shit. They're fine with giving people, just bailing them out with the lowest amount of money possible just so they can keep capitalism running. But when it actually comes down to, um, you know, the bare bones of how neoliberal austerity works, they are still, at the end of the day, just austerity hawks. They're just neoliberals. Truly. <clears throat> um, and Tom's mask off. Well, but then this, is the, the, this is the realignment I'm talking about. This is what I think is so fascinating, is that the Republicans, like, okay— I was reading this thing the other day about how after the 2008 financial crash, it was completely out of the question that they would bail out Main Street. I'm quoting, I'm using air quotes here, that they would bail out average everyday Americans, that they would do what they're doing now. That was out of the question. The Republicans were never going to sign on off to that. It's very fascinating that not only um, do they like they just blew through that in the early stages of this pandemic they were like oh we've got to give people money fuck it but there seems to be developing a rift between like the trump people who are fine with that and the mcconnell people who are still uncomfortable with that like well yeah like like this has been our project for so long what are you doing here right and it seems like the liberals i i can totally conceive of a situation where the liberals people like uh, marietta here etc the liberals side with McConnell over Trump here because they hate Trump so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's telling in, in their first offer of that with the stimulus. They want to give every American $250, and they were so goddamn proud of that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. were trying to thread the needle bet- between, like, McConnell's austerity and Trump's, like, uh, monopoly money politics. Right. And uh, they ceded a lot of ground to both <laughs> in that half-assed measure. <laughs> oh, my God. The mind boggles at all the sensible ways that money could have been better spent. I mean, I mean, did you guys see the story about how a lot of these small business loans have just been taken by corporations that don't deserve them? Yeah. Yeah, because guess what? One of our, one of an, an actual incredible small business owner here in Whitesburg who should have been interviewed by fucking NPR has been posting nonstop on her Facebook about all these piece of shit corporations that hawked the fuck in and swooped up this money. She has like named their CEOs and how much money, how much bonuses their CEOs got, all this stuff. She's doing her own research and fucking nailing these people to the wall because that's an actual enemy. Well, this gets at an interesting question, though, and this is the this is probably one that our audience wants to hear: Are small business owners the enemy? What? Are small business owners the enemy? No, that's not what I'm saying. She was talking about these big corporations who swooped in and took all this small business money. No, I know, I know what you're saying. I'm saying that. Terrence in the grand is asking of, this. Yeah. I'm I'm saying that in the grand scheme of things, are 
just across the board, whether they're good people or bad people, are small business owners bad? Um, I wouldn't say that. Probably no. I say yes with exceedingly few caveats. <laughs> I mean, without small business, I would have no marijuana. I would have no... Uh, well, Tanya, that's not, de- dealing that's in not sex true. work is not small business. That's not small business. <laughs> that's just called hustling. <laughs> it's a strictly mercantile operation, not a capitalist one. Yes. My favorite barbecue... I well, I, I tend to. So I'm with Tom here. I think that that. I think they break down into a lot of different subgroups. Yeah, we definitely. can break them down right here. Um, so a large, I'd say the vast majority of small business owners in this country, are the ones. I mean, and I'm including like their political orientation align with the dipshits protesting outside of the capitals in the states, like those. I'm comfortable saying, like, those are most small business owners. They're highly conservative in the outlook. Um, They've got sort of a ruthless competition mindset about America and the American dream. They're temporarily embarrassed millionaires. They think that one day they'll be able to make it into that. Um, An incessant need to lick the boots of people that have done better than them in business. You're right, right. yeah, and but and but they, but they are fervent believers in capitalism. They believe that capitalism can be, um, I don't know, it, it can be sort of gamed in such a way to benefit someone like them. Yeah. They are rubes because American capitalism is ruthless, and as we're seeing, they're just getting gobbled up left and right because that's what fucking capitalism does. Yeah. Well, um, I will say, especially here, there is a whole crew of small business entrepreneurs who have been fed absolute garbage bullshit from nonprofits and government agencies for decades okay. about entrepreneurialism. So that's, that's my other. So we have those. We have those small business owners, the ones who are conservative in outlook, believe in the American dream, believe in capitalism. Right. Okay, I got a head up. Then you, we, sorry. And then we have this other kind who um, have just run rampant through Appalachia like fucking termites. Like, they are everywhere. Um, and again, we, we covered this in the episode um, episode 112. We've covered it a lot on this show. It's been a, a very frequent type of person. Um, someone who believes that the answer to all of Appalachia's woes, from poverty to bad health outcomes, <clears throat> joblessness, etc., is small business entrepreneurialism. These people are usually liberal in outlook, right? They generally have a very liberal worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and by that I mean they believe in all of the, uh, you know, th- I don't know. What, uh, how would you put it? Like they believe in like, I guess, like, socially liberal ideas like diversity and um well they name their coffee shops stuff like coffee revolution and put che guevara on it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you think i'm joking i've seen at least two places like that (laughs) well i think are you are you getting to a third 
Yeah, I think there's a third. I think there's a third category. The third category is like old punks from the early 80s who started a punk bar in like 1982 and it's just like barely hanging on and they're generally good people. But I have, people a, are, I have a soft spot for those. I mean, but these people are so few now. Like the way the way that small business works in America now is like I don't know. I feel like corporations just more and more like undercut the need for them and that's like this that's sky this is the liberal sky marietta's big objection with american capitalism that that wall street crowds out the little guy wall street uh, wall street makes it impossible for our small business or now, not wall street i'm sorry walmart 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 yeah these these poor people they don't have anywhere they don't i mean where are they where are they going to spend their money they can't go nowhere what are they going to do with it they're just going to give it to walmart no bitch they're going to pay their fucking bills with it because they're all behind yeah. on them because they haven't had enough money to live their entire fucking lives. Well, also, they are going to spend it at Walmart. Oh, and shit, they need. Fucking, that's, and just like, a, that's, that's just the reality of it. And that's fine. <laughs> Instead of what? Buying her bougie coffee? It's just insane. It's not like she ran a hardware store. It's like well, that's completely what that, mental. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly the thing. And you know, since since. Crude oil's bottomed out, and I can't say higher than crude oil anymore. <laughs> the other thing about small business, too, is they offer, the, they offer the same shit Walmart has in a less less of a selection, and it's goddamn 4 or $5 higher. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. The point here is that to tell people, to convince people who have lost jobs, like manufacturing, mining, whatever jobs... Because of capitalism, they've lost these jobs because of mechanization and just that that was the whole plan to begin with. To, to feed government agencies and nonprofits are, are still today, literally right now, feeding these people the lie that they have to become entrepreneurs if they want to save themselves and their community. Like that's the answer. Yeah. And that's all yeah, they want yeah. to give them. SOAR is having tons, like all they have, that's all they do is talk about entrepreneurship. When we, ha we in order to, protest a prison we had to do it at an entrepreneurship fucking gathering expo yeah, yeah. we had to do it at an innovation expo because that's yeah. where our elected f officials are well you know the, the the as we talk about this it's it's just now occurring to me i guess after years of writing and, and observing and talking about this that none of these small businesses are ever ever intended to be profitable like the whole point it, it rests really more on some sort of idea of social control more than it does on profitability because like if you look and again we did this in that episode 112 and i did this in that piece i wrote for the baffler but if you go through all of the grants that the federal government gives to the arc to the appalachian regional commission to then disperse to what they call quote unquote economic development initiatives in Appalachia, the vast majority of them go towards entrepreneurial initiatives, whether that's teaching people how to run their own businesses or teaching people how to fucking open them or, or most just, the, or just giving money straight to businesses. Yeah. Most of the money is just spent paying rent for, for dilapidated buildings that yeah, rich well, people what, own. 
that's what these people are doing. The Mariettas own a building in downtown Harlan that is not only has the coffee shop but has Harlan Yoga. <laughs> yeah, they bought they bought all these buildings for nothing. They came here from the Northeast. We haven't even got into all their whole history. You all can just look it up yourself. It's all Raylan. It's Raylan. Uh-huh. They turned the temperature up to ninety five and bend in all kinds of weird ways. It's called hot yoga. <laughs> These people sit on the Chamber of Commerce and the tourism for Harlan County, and they don't even live there. They don't live there. Well, but, the thing that... Go ahead, Tom. No, no, never mind. Never mind. Tony Montana said, no, no, no kids and no women. <laughs> yeah, we have to keep the kids out of this. <laughs> Take that out. Take that out. Take that out. We have to keep the kids out of this, even though that's the most diseased aspect of this story. Um... But look, this is the funny thing they wrote. The problem now is the policy has been made law, and that's hard to walk back, as we've been told by our representatives and elected oh officials. Oh, my God. Oh, so she, short, called, she called somebody up, tried to throw her weight around about this. Oh, is yeah. what she's saying. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you, know, you, you mentioned this earlier. Sorry to interrupt you again. Good enough, but you ahead. mentioned this earlier that even like Twitter popped off about this immediately. It's like they NPR. This was just terrible journalism. NPR didn't interview any of these fucking workers to get their perspective. And you wonder how she how these people were the have come to rise to represent small businesses in Kentucky. It is by it's no small fucking uh uh, happenstance these people are well connected they went to harvard that's where they met they have money and power and even though she has deep roots in eastern kentucky this bitch <laughs> knows she called up someone she went to college with and that's who interviewed her do you know what i mean like well, she did this she oh. she has like pushed herself to the top they are literally out here i mean they are so diseased and attached to entrepreneurship that they are literally running competitions for it they have moved here to create a like um a reality sitcom for themselves so that they have something to talk about during dinner parties when they go back to the northeast make no mistake Make no mistake. And one of those things they like to talk about, even when they get interviewed, they uh, in one of their interviews, dear God help me, I don't know which one, but they literally when when the when the person says, Have you gotten any pushback from local people about all this all these big ideas you brought down here, all this bullshit you're doing? They said <laughs> We, our kids are drinking the same water and, and have the same health care system. We're all in. That's what they, they, they said. We've sacrificed our young here to prove that we're in it to win it, it baby. Totally, totally in line of the ethos of the current moment about getting people back to work. They li- <laughs> I, say what you want about them, but they live their ideas. <laughs> I saw, I saw it. Um, UK did this interview of them. I think that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, and 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 they were like talking about Eastern Kentucky, and he was like, uh, he was like, I love it down here. You've got real authentic people. They they he really literally does say authentic people. Yeah, authentic culture. You've got authentic culture. Look at the people. They're so real. They have real problems. He he literally said places like New York and Boston and Paris have lost every cultural authenticity about themselves. (laughs) (laughs) And that places like these are the only places left in the world with cultural authenticity. They're so lucky to live here. So lucky to be here. Well, but that's the funny thing. You know they go back to have it and they tell all their friends that... that, (laughs) That look, 
there's real authentic people down there. They have real problems, and it's crazy. You'll want to believe it. <laughs> my it's like Oxycontin. My little gets to go into the woods. No, Tanya, Tanya. <laughs> no kids. No kids. <laughs> this isn't a video on the fucking internet. I'm not making this I up. I know. I know it is, but we can't be involved. My, she said, my kids get to go hunt mushrooms and eat them for dinner. How many kids get to say that? <laughs> my kids get to hunt their food. <laughs> One no, of the a lot of guys in their late 20s that they have. My neighbor has found 16 hunger at hickory chickens. She calls them dryland fish, whatever. One but. of my favorite parts of that video is they're talking about women-owned businesses and one of them was like gypsy mountain or something <laughs> <laughs> i'm like, like you, my you... mic down i'm crying i can't continue on <laughs> there's just no way to bring these people to justice and we're just well, literally making ourselves miserable oh well, there's one way right <laughs> wait, wait 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 before we get too far down that road let's put it in context the context is that local nonprofits beg people like this to come here and validate their work. They they well the reason that these motherfuckers got such a stronghold the way the, the reason they're automatically on the chamber of commerce, automatically in the fucking uh, tourism committees, automatically in every room that most people who grew up here and live their whole lives will never get an invitation to is because the local nonprofits need people like this to prove that their work is luring people in because it's not enough. It's not enough to actually serve the community you're in. You have to make your community look in your own image. You have to <laughs> you have to make it you have to make it look good enough to attract other people to come. Well, yeah. Raylan, Raylan, Raylan. They get people from the housing projects to walk, and they give them coins so they can go get summer squash. But and it's heard? legal. It's a parking solution, Raylan. <laughs> It's an overflow parking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my last Boyd. My last horrible Boyd Crowder. We're doing crazy things with currency down here, Raylan. You would not believe it. We got a farmer's market with its own currency. <laughs> Look, okay, but let's put it in context. Um, <laughs> That's our currency. <laughs> they brought script back, man. You won't believe it. They brought script back. Raylan, it's, it's crazy. You get a grant. You know what your daddy and your daddy's daddy used to dig for? It's the same thing, but this time for tomatoes. <laughs> if you can well, dig up enough heirloom seeds. <laughs> so if you live, like we, like we said on episode 112, you can't listen to this episode really without listening to that one, I feel like. Um... If you live in an area that is quote unquote economically depressed or deindustrialized or highly impoverished, you know exactly the type that we are talking about. We're talking about liberal, um, wealthy people. And we're, I'm not talking about like conservative wealthy people. Conservative wealthy people are an entirely different breed. We're talking about liberal wealthy people who want to, um, they want to. Pull people up by their own bootstraps. They want to. They want to give people a way to pull themselves up by their own. They bootstraps. want to strangle people with their own bootstraps. They want to stra exactly. But it is this weird ideological project, like gentrification, where they have to remake communities in their, in the image that is palatable to them. Like we kind of talked about this with that episode with Amber, Delgado. Um, 
but because it is a form of gentrification, but it's it's really weirdly tied in in where we live with the nonprofit industrial complex. It's very. It, I mean, it's just like it is gentrification because they literally called the cops on local kids who were drawing with chalk on the sidewalk outside their <laughs> fucking business because someone drew a titty. <laughs> so it's literally gentrification. Um, they they will raise money to bring New Yorkers down here to paint murals, but the second a local kid has some artistic wants expression... Wants to draw some chalk titties. Yeah, literally. Some artistic expression to try to... to try to Putting in effort, which none of us should bother, putting in literal fucking, literal fucking effort from teenagers to make their community look like they want it to, they call the fucking cops and threaten them. Well, it's... um. So, yeah, it's part of an ideological project. It's more than just, like, we have surplus capital and we need to do something with it. It's also this, like, well, we need to make a public demonstration that we are making the world a better place with our money. They're great sacrifice. Uh, right. And I'm not really sure where these people got their money. I have no idea. I've looked into it. I've not been able to really um, figure that out. Um, you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, I don't know. But I do have something I want to tell both of you. We laid off our PI so he could draw more money on unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> the Trillbilly private investor. They're better than the peanuts we were giving them. Yeah, he's making more I, money now. I do have to say this. I do have to say this. You saved the bomb for the end. I saved the bomb for the end. I don't know where these people got their money. But I do know that Jeff Marietta got big because he co-founded this tech company called Giant Otter, right? Yeah, we knew that. Giant uh, Otter. Well, Giant Otter was uh, created in the MIT Media Lab. And um, <laughs> what do we know about the MIT Media Lab? Well, you're going to have to oh, finish the shit. joke for me. I don't know what's up with the MIT Media Lab. Todd, dude, brace yourself. <laughs> the MIT Media Lab was like the hub for all Epstein-related fundraising <gasps> and activities oh, in, in Boston, I guess. So the Epstein tendrils snake even into eastern Kentucky. <laughs> oh my Epstein God. even has wow the shock the spine tingling conclusion. <laughs> Jesus, fuck! Amazing, you could draw a through line from just transition to Jeffrey fucking Epstein. <laughs> a very simple through line without of a ruler. Of course you can. Of course you can. God. Of course you can. Oh man. Well, I, I want to close on. I, I want to close in their closing paragraph in that article. Oh, so God. they were talking about social unrest and how this this dynamic of people mooching off the system and being able to get more money from the government than getting paid hoarding for it. Wealth. Hoarding wealth. <laughs> hoarding wealth will lead That's to social what they unrest. Say. Hoarding wealth. <laughs> she said that. Those are her words. This is what she said. In our opinion. Um, so for now we can wait and we can wait and see what America thinks of paying people who aren't working more than those who are. Um, in our opinion, it's a ticking time bomb for massive civil unrest, widespread labor strikes, food shortages, and a prolonged depression. 
depression. <laughs> like, this one thing. Not corporate malfeasance, not the existence of capitalism in general, or the speculative trading market, or any of that. It's people taking more money than they deserve over a shitty minimum wage job. That's what's going to bring the yeah. collapse of society. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this, this part, these people have the best education money can buy. And they've sacrificed everything, according yes, to them, to come right, down Tanya. here and live. The best and money. Get... The best yes. education money can buy. Harvard educated. Yeah, they have the best education <laughs> money can buy. And they're down here uh, sacrificing their children to bad water and health care to prove that they're serious about this now. They're very serious about this need, this desperation for authenticity. But when they call up, they're cut their fucking friend Karen. No, we'll say Susan. Sorry, we're gonna leave Karen alone. <laughs> the Karens <laughs> don't deserve what they've received. Generous they call up you. Susan and say, "Listen, you know, I'm having I'm ha- my coffee my coffee shop's in danger down here. We got a lot tied up down here. You remember that story I told you about that cute kid who like brought us mushrooms to sell us? Like the entrepreneurship <laughs> down here is really strong, Susan. And I'd love to like if you could just interview me for NPR, that'd be great." And in, and even though so she has she has this entire platform she has bolstered her motherfucking self as the face the voice of small business Eastern Kentucky, and then that's what she fixes her fucking lips to say on national fucking NPR. <laughs> that's what she says. And when she gets yeah, it, when she gets in my DMs about this, that's what I'm going to ask her. Well. She won't because, um, like, these people are conservatives now. Like, for the longest time, we thought that, again, this is what the realignment has shown. Well, you can be as woke know, as possible. Terrence, they've picked you know, a winning you, team is all I know because they don't look at us. <laughs> look at us. <laughs> all, we have, have? all we have is this rinky-dink podcast and an extra $600 a fucking month to rub between two sticks. <laughs> And they've chose a winning team, and they're bailing out cruise ships so they can keep on cruising. Well, check this out, though. Um, we may be one of the only small businesses in America right now actually turning a profit. So. Yeah, we're one of those. Sm- we're one of those caveats. <laughs> um, so if you want to stick it to these assholes and prove that they're fucking idiots, just donate to our Patreon. It'll go go towards something great. Trust me. We're putting money back. To take over yeah, it's all going back place. to my weed man, okay? Because <laughs> that's all I got. Um, no, but really, most small business owners are bad. Um, they're either us. completely misguided because they think that... I mean, this is the weird thing. A lot of small business owners come from the working class. They think, like, I've got a little bit of money saved back. I'm going to try to do my own thing. They, because they, they are probably rude, because they hate but, bosses, which is a very good instinct. Like I, I totally. wonder how many I wonder how many small business owners are completely fueled by their hate for every boss they've ever fucking had. Well, yeah, I mean it's a misguided uh, political exactly. action. If that's I mean that's 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 the wrong course to take, um, and also it changes your it changes your relationship with the system once you own employees and assets and all this other shit. Own but employees. then there's, Whew. yeah. But then there's another, um, there's another category of the small business owner who, again, we we are attacking here. Both are bad, but both come from completely different social social forces, 
and um, and it's fascinating to me that for the longest time we were told that these people, um, because they are liberal, because they're a little bit more open-minded, uh, because they um, aren't completely homophobic and racist or whatever, even though they, I'm sure they are deep down secretly, although they would never say it publicly, um, that they were on our side. Well, they're not, and the way that politics is shaking out in this crisis, I think, is a pretty good, um, a pretty good sort of revelation in in that. I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Mask off. They've tried mask off. Is it mask off? <laughs> is it mask off? Damn. Well, um, I was trying to think of another Raylan to close it out on, but I was blanking. Another, uh, <laughs> another uh, woke Raylan. <laughs> Raylan, we got to stimulate this All local right, so economy. I'm sorry, another boy Crowder, my bad. No, we got to stimulate this local economy. We got to get green jobs in here. Um, I'm looking at their website and it's hilarious, bro. It's so fucking funny. She has mul- They have multiple coffee shops. Four ways to stimulate the local economy. Hint, it's not Walmart. <laughs> please, y'all, put me. Just. Well, okay, but wait, but wait, before we leave. Please put, kill I, me. Put me out of my misery before the next power outage. I can't, I can't do it. I can't handle it. Could, can you, um, can you conceivably, can you conceive of a situation where somebody would be listening to this and be like, okay, well then what's your solution? Like, if it's not entrepreneurial, small businesses putting money back into the community, what is your solution? Terrence, it, it, I, it is absolutely, it is so violent to tell people that the answer to a, a century of extraction <laughs> is moving around the crumbs in a different way. <laughs> Move them around in a different way, you peons. Solve your own fucking problems with the money that was never invested anywhere that your family never created, the wealth that never was and never will fucking be if this is the answer. Right. I've got some ideas. A 90% marginal wealth tax. Microloans. Raylan, microloans. You ever heard of a little organization called Maysed? <laughs> microloans. Raylan, they give low interest loans to budding <laughs> entrepreneurs. What's your idea, Tom? Financial planning. I, I think it's a couple things. One, I, I think there's two things we can do right now the low hanging fruit. One, not go back to work. Two, stay in your house and refuse to pay rent. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got right now. I like this article on their website. We expect to lose $45,000 doing the right thing. It is time for other businesses oh, get to step the up. Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, hey, not, you, not I'll, I'll throw a Terrence Rayism. Come down off the cross, asshole. <laughs> Nick the wood. Yeah. Not looking for a pat on the back or anything, but. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, that pisses me off. That makes me, I was going to get sad. It's on site with Jeff Marietta. <laughs> yeah, well, they're all the same. They're all the same, just fighting over the sort of surface 
features of the system. They want they want it to appear nicer and more diverse and stuff. But they all ultimately want the same thing. And this is why I have a million times more respect for the Boyd Crowders of the world. Like grifters who just run Oxy in from Florida. I have way more respect for that fucking grift than these assholes. Because these assholes are trying to, like, church it up to you. They're trying to church it up and, and sell you on the idea that this is actually good for the community. A made-up Hollywood grift. Truly respected more. <laughs> I truly do respect a made-up Hollywood grift more than this. <laughs> truly. You know that shit's real. <laughs> Where do people get their oxy from, huh? They're not growing it out of the ground. <laughs> Listen, I've had uh, I've been asked to bury enough Florida license plates to know what's coming from Florida. What's coming from Florida? No, Tigers, <laughs> gators, yes, tigers and lemurs. <laughs> oh my God, Tanya! I never thought I'd see the day you get in exotics. <laughs> I'm the exotic. Wow. Uh. Well. All right. Well, we we got a we got it, didn't we? We got it, didn't we? <laughs> Truly, what's the bow to put on this? I really don't know. I don't know. The, reading her blog post is fucking funny, though. It's like, it's so fucking good. Um, we wanted to repurpose a vacant historic downtown building to give some life to a main street that was beautiful but looked forgotten. Um, yeah, these people are your enemy. They're your class enemy, but they're also just your enemy because they're assholes <laughs> and they think just you as a practical matter they're jerks <laughs> yeah right they right. literally think that you do not deserve to live right but and again they will church it up in a million different ways to like conceal that fact she said it she but said it plain as day on npr and then posted on her facebook how shocked she was that this was controversial and she was getting hate mail for it <laughs> She, after she said poor people don't deserve any money, they do not deserve to live. They only deserve to work until they are dead. Jesus Christ, man. They're so fucking stupid. They're stupid. But they do also, like the um, right-wing small business owner, they also do truly believe in capitalism and in the productive force of capitalism to alleviate poverty and to um it's really fascinating to me that like he would go on and be like talk about like the cultural significance and idiosyncrasy of eastern kentucky and his whole project is a gentrifying one that tries to homogenize eastern kentucky and make it look like just like anything else you know what i mean yoga studios like high-end coffee it's just it's just <laughs> it's literally the exact opposite of what he's saying but they're so stupid they're so propelled by their own class interest that they can't even see what it is that they're doing does that make sense like none of these critiques or anything have probably even occurred to any of them <laughs> these are the people who they i mean they literally built a stage they built a stage and hosted a ted talk so that nathan hall could talk about hemp that's literally <laughs> these people. This is who they are. Oh, shit. This is who they, they are. the same people. Jesus fucking Christ. But it is all this. It's But the fact that you bring that up just goes to show that, like, it's all the same characters that have just been recycled in and out for the last 10 fucking years. And they have no ideas. They have nothing. 
they have surplus capital. They have power to say whatever they want on NPR. That's what they have. Yeah. I mean... I'm sure we could do that if we really wanted to, too. But And um, they have the luxury. You think we could get on NPR and say whatever we want, Terrence? Mm, I guess not. I was thinking yeah, maybe, maybe I mean, we could say whatever we want. If they had us on Wait, NPR Wait, Don't Tell Me, I could give some <laughs> wacky answers. Yeah, that's Whoa. true. <laughs> <laughs> and as they remind often, they have the luxury to move to live anywhere they want. They have the luxury and privilege to live anywhere they want and have their little shit offspring run around any hillside they want and any cityscape but they've chosen to let their miserable die here <laughs> with the rest of us you know what it a, what a that fucking sacrifice <laughs> tanya the calvary's coming don't worry about it you're not gonna die no We're it's not no it's not i'm gonna die yes it is tanya listen I don't want you questioning my leadership, but I always step up in the big moments. You know this. <laughs> well, I mean, forces are moving so fast at this point. Like, history is moving so fast at this point that the Mariettas of the world will... Like, these people will have a doomsday bunker in a few months. Like They'll take care of themselves. It's fine. Yeah, like, they'll be non-factors. We won't even have to hear from them again. We may not hear from anybody again. (laughs) (laughs) You won't be hearing from Um, me. But, but yeah, no. Run these people out of your community. Trust me, they aren't giving back in the way that they say they are. I mean, the, 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 the capital, I guess, and the economic productivity that they introduced to a community is so minuscule. She said in her blog post they employed five people, which is like... And they're in, five. And they're interviewed on NPR. She's been interviewed on NPR because she employs five fucking people. Five people, and she was interviewed on NPR. <laughs> and cannot stand that they're getting six hundred dollars a week now. Cannot fucking right. stand it that they are literally hoarding it wealth. Just, it just eats her up. Just like God damn it. And and she says it herself in her thing that wasn't she paying her employees like eight bucks an hour, right? She said so, that in Harlan County, a living wage looks a little different, Terrence. <laughs> living, she said, we were already paying a little wage. Turns out that's a little different here. No, it's not different. Actually, it's more here. Pretty sure it's the same anywhere you go. <laughs> a living wage here is even more to, to pay back all the bullshit that we've taken for a century to power your cities. Our living wage is more, actually. Yeah, um, it's It's incredible if you have five employees that you're paying like eight bucks an hour like that means your payroll at the end of the year is like a hundred grand right it's it's not that much in the grants i mean like compared to if you're putting a i mean i don't even know if it would be that much though i mean if if coal coal employees are making like $25 $25 an hour. I mean, it's it's a drop in the bucket paying five employees $8 an hour at a coffee shop like the math even the math of their own shit. And we po- again, we pointed this out in that one episode. The math that they employ to justify it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like no, none of it. None of it actually creates economic Stimulus. They love that word. It How just, to stimulate your economy? It's so sexual. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> it is perverted. It just... How to rub the clit of your local economy? <laughs> <laughs> How to, how to do the crazy eight on the prostate of your local economy? <laughs> <laughs> 
Sex. That's all there is here at the end of the world, folks. That's all we got left. I guess. But I, I mean, God, but I'm horny as a goddamn buzzer. <laughs> Everyone I know is so <laughs> horny. We're getting more questions in our sex ed DMs and my sexy sex ed DMs than ever before. People are so horny right now because we're miserable. Yeah. Well, um, anyways, to me, it just goes to show you that, like, they're not in this for the traditional capitalist reasons to turn a profit. It is this much more insidious sort of like, well, I don't want to say it's more insidious. It is just as equally insidious. insidious. It's just project of social control. Like, it's gentrification, um, ultimately. And uh, It's a game show for them. It's a, it's a, it's a reality show. You're I, exactly I, I, right. It's cosplay. They come to build themselves into their own reality show so that they have shit to talk about at dinner parties, so that their lives are interesting, <laughs> so that their kids have funny stories to tell at their, when they're valedictorians on stage graduating. <laughs> they love it. If you it. think about it. We're just like, you know, we're just like bog flies in their laboratory. I, t- I, th- I will give, <laughs> I will give one hundred U.S. dollars for proof that this conversation has happened between the two of them, and you know it has. That they have talked to each other about how good their kids' essays are going to be uh, to get into Harvard. <laughs> how much hardship they've seen living here. Oh fuck. <laughs> What was it like living there in the war zone of Harlan County? Absolutely. <laughs> it wasn't easy for us growing up. My, <laughs> my dad fuck? skimmed off the top of a few foundations, but we, we still found a way to make it work. Well, my, the whole thing. My name's <laughs> in a Harlan County school system. You think I got my Anya, no kids. <laughs> No kids. <laughs> God damn it. Their whole well, relationship to this. The, the whole relationship to this is colonial. Like the guy came here as the Pine Mountain Settlement School executive director. Which, which okay. I Just to say this though. Me coming here was probably colonial in some respect, right? I mean, do you think AmeriCorps Vista is a colonial program? <laughs> probably, but it's a little different. You getting paid what twenty thousand dollars a year? Four four dollars an hour. Try twelve thousand dollars a year. Get paid sweat sweatshop wages. <clears throat> yeah, but but it is in service to this nonprofit industry that's just trying to sort of put a pretty face on capitalism and manage its contradictions. It kind of feels sort of colonial, not in the same way that what they're doing is, but. Well, you know what? I, I, I'll challenge them because I'm sure they're going to hear this. I challenge them to turn t- turn this on their heads. Do an expose about us three. <laughs> Talk about no, don't do that. Us. Yeah, <laughs> please, please, please. You'll, you'll uncover all kinds of shit that you don't want to see here. Yeah, but think about what they're going to be able to say about where we came from, for fuck's sake. Oh. All right, fellas. Um... All right, let's let's uh, let's wrap things up. Uh, maybe we can go out on that video. That video is pretty fucking Jesus. funny. Now they talk about their kids in that video. You gonna yell at them? I'll I'll selectively edit it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have to have principles, Tanya. We have to have the moral high ground. Even though we've built our entire careers off shitting on other people, and in the process, we've hollowed ourselves out, and there's nothing left, really. We're drama is what it really boils down to. <laughs> we are. 
We're what? <laughs> Drama. Drama. This is only a career for you, Terrence. <laughs> what? This podcast? You said, yeah, you said we've built our careers off. Oh, well, it God. has to be. I don't have any other job. <laughs> I got hey, fired from that. Hate, hate to break this to you, Tanya. About six months going to be a career for all of us. <laughs> I had a career Please. and made a stupid fucking decision. <laughs> Please continue to give out my Venmo on every episode. <laughs> Will you exit out? Open up with that video and exit out with Choices by George Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, choices. Uh, go with God. Support us on Patreon. S- support your local small business in the Just Transition movement. Support um, Tanya in word and prayer. That's right. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Party. Me and Tom had an excellent goddamn Patreon episode from Sunday that I, I'm just really nervous nobody's going to listen to you no respect it, no respect everybody's tired of listening tanya you don't understand while you were gone people got so tired of listening to us they got so fucking tired oh i understand <laughs> <laughs> interesting wow but you know somebody too yeah as a result they missed out on a classic tnt ep- episode the only good one we did without you no, I'll, I'll try to go listen to it myself. It's because y'all are flooding the market with this extra Sunday bullshit. I told you that was a bad idea. I told Tom that. I told Tom we're flooding the market. We're, we're uh, You see it with oil Supply right Supply demand, Tom. Supply demand. You just described it yourself with oil. We put a glut of content out there. Yeah, God damn it. We got too much content sitting around. <laughs> Not enough places to put it at. You're going to put us out of business, buddy. God oh. damn it. Should have known better. All right. I'm going to go so I can eat dinner. But um, thanks for listening. D-Y-E. And, and we'll see, see you in hell, boys. See you in hell. Truly. I've had choices since the day that I was born. There were voices that told me right from wrong if I had listened. But no, this is the most interesting place to live in America, absolutely. Um, And I would argue the world because, you know, Boston, New York, Paris, London, Berlin, Dubai are more similar than different these days. Because of globalization, because of kind of the McDonaldization of society, the really authentic cultural aspects have been lost. Um, And you come to Eastern Kentucky and it's been retained. And they have such strong culture, such great heritage here, great music, incredible arts and crafts, and it's all been retained. Have the Mariettas encountered any pushback from locals? Jeff said no. That is not the case. So one, we moved here with our children. So our children were experiencing the same experiences that other communities were. They're drinking the same water, they're drinking the same food, they're getting the same health care, they're getting the same education. So you're all in. No, I wouldn't be here today, living and dying with the choices I've made. I was tempted. By an early age, I found I liked drinking. Oh, and 
it down to every loved one. But I turn 